Hi there, and thanks for tuning in to A Student's Perspective, the weekly series that connects students with designers, manufacturers, educators, industry professionals, and design media celebrities to hear their stories on just how they've gotten to where they are now. Through our conversations, we connect the past, present, and future of design to show just how much we can learn from each other to grow towards our fullest potential without prescribed limitations. Think of a student's perspective as a weekly design lecture series from the student's point of view. A student's perspective is a division of the nonprofit University Hall of Innovation, whose goals are to connect students with the design industry through design challenges and mentorship and a collaboration with the Marywood University Interior Architecture Program in Scranton, Pennsylvania. All interviews can be found in their video format at www.astudentsperspective.tv. For more information or sponsorship inquiries, please contact University Hall of Innovation at gmail.com. Hi guys, welcome to another episode of A Student's Perspective. My name is Natalia, and today I'm talking with Jeanette Himes from Mohawk Group. It's so nice to talk to you today, Jeanette. If you can just introduce yourself to everyone watching. Hi, I'm the Director of Workplace Design at Mohawk Group. Very nice to meet you. Um, before we get started about your job and your career and what you're doing, if you wouldn't mind introducing, your, introducing yourself and speaking a bit more about your background and kind of how you got to where you are today. Well, my background is maybe a little more linear than a lot of your guests. And I came to this career because of a love of handcrafts. Like my whole life I've crocheted, I've knitted and, and I've drawn. And so that led me into a major called fiber art, which is a combination of um, fine art and textile design. And one of those classes I took was weaving and sort of through learning that technical knowledge, I was able to kind of get industry experience. And then I had one job in woven design, designing woven table linens. And then really from then on, I, I had a friend that told me about the carpet industry and she had a job that I thought sounded really cool that she recommended me for. And really I followed that path. I just keep learning and growing and following the opportunities. And here I am with you now. Wow. Where did, if you wouldn't mind me asking, where did you study the uh, fibers degree, correct? Um, Savannah College of Art and Design in Savannah, Georgia. Very nice. Scott is a wonderful school. <laughs> I've heard many great things about it. And specifically for their attention to the fine arts, as well as like the specifics, I guess it's textile design. So yes. speaking about your path into the world of textiles and the carpet industry, would you say it was a direct route? If something that you knew you wanted to do or you found it along the way? I wouldn't say it was direct in terms of like, I didn't know about really the carpet industry before I got into it. And I've had a colleague say to me one time that you don't find carpet, carpet finds you because it's kind of this niche little industry and um, you don't... Yeah you don't study it in school so exactly it's not even a realm of study where you think that you can go into with a design degree and I think that's like what we're here to stress about about all those different avenues that you can take with this design degree that if, that if you're studying at an architecture school or a art school like yourself that you can find your way within this multifaceted industry yes so I wouldn't say I knew I wanted to be in this industry within textile design, but I knew I loved handcrafts. I knew I loved drawing. 
So I followed that path and that led me to where I am. And then I've tried many things since then, like, but I always really stuck with like my core competency and I just kept building on that and it's given me a lot of opportunities. Yeah. So you kind of stuck to like, it was working for you. You found that you were enjoying it while you were doing it. And it's something that you kind of stuck to and believe that you can grow with it. Yes, exactly. I know you previously worked for Atlas as well, but can you tell me about like how your career in this industry has developed over the years? Yeah, so I was with Atlas for a long time. I was with Atlas for 16 years, and I would not have guessed that because earlier in my career, like a lot of people, um, I would stay at a company for a couple of years and then get some experience and change to a new company. And that served me well at the time. But yeah, I had a great position with Atlas and was able to grow artistically there a lot and had a lot of neat opportunities. So I was there for a really long time, 16 years, a long time. That is a long time. It shows like a, a certain loyalty. Yes. Or even, yes. you know, a privately owned business and it was kind of like a family atmosphere. So a lot of those work qualities are really nice and it does give you a sense of loyalty. Yes. Did you ever find at your point, like, I guess after 16 years, did you realize that you weren't kind of learning as much anymore and that's when you needed to move on? Where was that breaking point where you decided to leave finally or why? Well, that also wasn't completely intentional. Um, my first job in carpet, actually, after my my short job doing mm -hmm. work in table linens, um, my first job on carpet was with Mohawk in the middle of Georgia. And I worked there as a custom designer for two years. And so then my career took me to California. So I worked in California for three different carpet manufacturers. And then I was approached by Mohawk a couple of years ago and it was just a wonderful opportunity at the right time and everything came together. And so here I am now back again, like it all came <laughs> circle. You decided to take it for when yeah. I approached you. That's very, that's a good thing to know when to kind of leave and then kind of want to start a new point. I think in your career is good to listen to, to yourself or maybe those intuitions that were telling you to or even just like how you said, the signs that were kind of setting up for this great deal. And so to that point, it was a new opportunity and I felt like yeah. it's a good time to move forward. So to that point, that is how I felt, yes. Good, how is your current role different from when you, from when you began in the industry? Do you see any changes within the industry itself? Um, well, there's two things. There's kind of the industry and then there's my role, so now, Throughout my career, I've always been a designer, like a senior designer. And so I was primarily in charge of like pattern design or maybe color. And so um, I could initiate pattern designs and collection designs, but I was receiving direction. Whereas now I still receive direction, but I am now also a director. And so I have a team. And so um, that makes my role a lot bigger. It's a lot more responsibility. Um, a lot more decisions and then a lot more um, a lot more things to learn and get better at. So um, I guess get, jumping into that role, you've kind of seen how the industry might have changed from when you first began. I guess jumping into that role, you might have seen a lot more. You were probably exposed to a lot more than what you had been in the past, maybe? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah. totally. Um, yeah, the industry has changed a lot because... A lot of 
what has changed has been the technology. So when I first started in carpet design and I told people what I did, a lot of times I would get kind of a blank look and people would be like, oh, I never knew people did that. And that's true. I mean, why would you? If you if you don't know the industry, there's so many surfaces and products that we interact with every day that unless you know, people design about people put a lot of time into everything we use every day. But um, as in my career, the technology has improved and improved. And now there's just so much design and styling capabilities that um, now it's I would say it's almost kind of become kind of cool that now we work with a lot of major design firms that want mm -hmm. to also collaborate on projects for carpet and carpet takes up such a huge space in the floor it's probably the largest surface in an interior space and so it's become very attractive for people to want to create their own designs and create their own stories and collections for car um, products that they may specify themselves kind of make it their own in a sense so now as a director you can kind of I guess shine some light on this industry itself by letting them kind of take the reins on the design I find that when people are that much more involved within a certain process and they understand how it works or how it's made or how many people actually are being putting in their efforts to make this final product that they understand it that much more how oh. people can just oversight exactly what's on the floor right beneath them in front of them. You know, how can we kind of engage and like let that everyday person know how important all this stuff is that we're doing. So yes. I think now you kind of have that power, which is really cool. This is really, really cool. Um, how have you seen um, some of the future developments of the workplace design as far as like materials and stuff like that in response to like now what we're doing, like how do you see some, if there has to be any changes? I know you've probably seen changes, but like will there be changes now moving forward? Um, yeah, it's something obviously we're talking about a lot right now. And you know, I'm here with you, I'm at home. And yes. I actually have been in the office most of this time, but you know, most of my team and most of my colleagues are working from home. And so, yeah, it's a lot of conversation going around about that. And in the past for workplace design, we've borrowed a lot from residential design and there's a trend in workplace design called residential actually. And we've also borrowed from hospitality, but going forward, you know, now that we have to start taking into account where you might need to include cues for social distancing as people come back into the workplace and wayfinding and helping direct people with traffic patterns and right. Um, touch places, um, flooring can be a very important part of that. And traditionally, flooring is used in wayfinding and all those type of social cues. So we are looking like, how can we integrate into that? What changes are needed? And it's a big discussion going on right now. And I think it's just going to be going on for a long time because people still don't know who exactly is going to be in the office, who's going to be working from home. But it's an interesting conversation that's going on. Right. I think it's good just to even have the conversation now, whereas opposed a couple months ago, we weren't, you know. So this is kind of taking everybody by a whirlwind. And I think it's great that to see how all of these different collaborative minds are kind of kind of being put together. 
Yeah, I've really appreciated. There's so much online discussion going on right now. I've really appreciated people online sharing their ideas and talking about these issues. And a couple other things, like I said, we've been borrowing a lot from residential and hospitality design, but now we're starting to look at what are those best practices for public spaces? Like what are those best practices for like airport design and hospitals and retail, like places where a lot of people come into contact with each other and you have to direct those traffic flows. So how can we appropriate what might work in some of those areas to help people more feel more comfortable in the workplace. And the one thing that seems very clear is coming into the workplace that people really want a sense of just apparent cleanliness. They want to feel safe. They want to feel like they're not coming into um, any type of environments that's going to pose any kind of a risk to them. Right. That's, those are good, like, points to note out. And again, I guess as a director of design now, you can kind of see the differences when trying to design a space of a different scale as opposed to a smaller residential space compared to that of an airport. Yeah. That's really awesome. So I guess digging into a little bit about how you would go about designing a certain space or flooring or pattern, um, what are some certain keynotes, I guess, that you might keep to yourself or that you just kind of keep in mind when designing patterns for a workplace rather than a residential place? Are there certain like guidelines to follow for each um, type of space? Yeah, like just how we study different principles of design in, in college or in art school. Um, there's certainly different principles that work well in the workplace. And it could be just simple things like patterns that have both a horizontal and a vertical element are really practical and work really well. So there's practical elements like that, but then we also think in terms of like systems that just as we're talking, you need to create paths in the floor for wayfinding. You need to create different um, touch places. And um, so creating like for instance, carpet tile, we like to think in terms of systems where you might have an accent pattern to create mm -hmm. those accent areas and you might have background patterns and, you know, all, all kinds of a system that can work together that you can mix and match. Kind of build upon one another in a sense? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. And wow. so only within the collection, but within different products that we think in terms of like, how can these products be mixed and matched like soft surface and hard surface and um, different sizes of soft surface, different sizes of hard surface. So um, there's a lot we think about in terms of the pattern and there's a lot we think about in terms of the collection and the entire line. Now speaking about like the certain things that you guys pay attention to now, um, I had just seen a video I think on Facebook of you explaining about how now texture has become something that you guys are very much involved with. I just wondered like why now that switch up where like now things are getting more meatier or more grainier within your tiles and, and carpets and they're beautiful. Well, that is directly in response to that idea that in the workplace, people have been wanting more and more a sense of comfort. And so mm -hmm. some of those chunky looks that have traditionally been used in the home, people were wanting more at work. Like people want to feel comfortable at work and they do their best work when they feel mm -hmm. comfortable. So 
that's where that influence came from. And also, you know, those references to handcrafts and artisan crafts. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's where that came from. Hi, my name is Jeanette Himes, and I wanted to introduce you to our newest collection, Textural Effects. It's the second in a series of textured products, the first being a broadloom, and now this being a 12 by 36 inch plank. Um, there's two products in the collection, Thematic Thread, which is a nubby tweed texture, and then Tactile Infusion, which is meant to be a cozy sweater type texture. Um, and these products can be used independently. Tactile Infusion can be used just to create a beautiful, simple floor. And Thematic Thread can create a little more visual interest with a little bit of a horizontal that can create all kinds of patterning depending on the way you install it. Thematic Thread is just a beautiful base product that can go with so many of our previous launches and will be a great base product going forward. Initial inspiration for bringing these textured products to the market is just realizing how much we're touching technology all day. We're touching our glass phones, our computers, our desks. So we wanted to bring a sense of coziness and warmth back into the commercial environment. We're also finding that specifically in the commercial workplace, that the workplace is becoming a hub for collaboration and innovation and people just do a lot better with comfortable, casual textures where they can feel like at home and where they can relax. This product line has nine colorways, ranging from like this beautiful black and white that you see that just looks so clean and modern, and ranging to um, more tone-on-tone -tone grays that are just your workhorse colors that go everywhere, and then some greens with just some beautiful color wash um, that are still neutral, but just give you a little bit of a mid-tone color wash. We're really excited about this introduction to our product portfolio and how it can support popular products that we've launched in the past, like Lichen and Utopia, but also how it's just such a great foundation for everything going forward. It's really so versatile, can mix and match with everything, and has a lot of usability. That's great. It's kind of showing how it can, it looks more handmade, I guess, now more woven, more it's, I guess, like really popping out those certain elements when within the carpet. Yes. Help a lot. That's awesome. How much of the process are you personally involved with now from the start to the finish as a director? I was curious how much hands-on involvement are you actually in? Um, really everything from start to finish, even more so than ever, because in the past, maybe I would be a little more specialized doing the pattern, looking at the machine, doing color. But now, I mean, really everything, like I work with product management in the beginning and I work with um, um, my senior director and the VP of product development to come up with a product plan. And then from there, I sometimes, sometimes I actually still design. So I actually am in a position where I actually still can design, but I work with a team and I work with a designer who's really like my right-hand person and we work through ideas together and bounce ideas off of each other and then you know sometimes I'll actually go off-site to different machine companies to run samples or we run samples in our um, sample department downstairs and so and then from there I work with marketing and I work with sales so I mean really like literally start to finish and whereas like I said as a designer, maybe 
your focus on like a more specific area now, like I really have to think very holistically, like everything. That's right. I think that only benefits your design mindset even more now having the complete full knowledge of how or, or of what it takes to actually produce a product. Oh my gosh, I totally agree. And the more you have to think about things and the more you get people's feedback, both internally and externally or customers, I mean, it's just a wealth of information. So it's, it is amazing learning and every time you do something, you learn more and more. And it is such a grand process. It just makes me wonder how times today have affected that process. But it seems as though like we're doing things like this now virtually that help. I was wondering now Mohawk has to also have to develop this way of collaborating. And I'm sure you're still meeting with your team. And it's just a really good curveball, I think. <laughs> I'm sorry to say that because actually last week, well, I think you know, you saw the videos that, um, so yeah, we're having to adopt new technologies. We're having to adopt new ways of working where, so how do you connect now? And so like I work in the office and mm -hmm. I feel like I need to because my samples are there and my team is there, but now we're having to work with people online. And then even like last week, having to connect with our customers online. So we had an event. Um, it's normally an event we would do with in person. It's called our forward event and it's called future of workplace design FWD. And so last week we did it online and that was something totally new. We're all amateurs. And so mm -hmm. we all kind of got our, Crash course really in broadcasting last week. The products and trends grabbing the industry and in real time looking at the minds behind the design. Today, we're on a journey to a new path forward. The concept behind Mohawk Group's inaugural virtual design summit, Design Forward, which explores the new introductions of 2020 and looks ahead to 2021. With me today is Jeanette Himes, Director of Design, Workplace and Retail for Mohawk Group. Welcome, Jeanette. It's lovely to see you. Nice, nice to meet you. Likewise. So I just thought before we really dive into product talk, um, can you give us a little insight behind the impetus for the launch of Design Forward? It's really been such a great dynamic opportunity for us to meet with our valued customers and to build relationships and to get our finger on the pulse of what's going on in the industry. Mm -hmm. And in an effort to share ideas, to connect with our customers and, you know, in lieu of being in person, that's the next best thing. And just like you're saying, I mean, some, well, you've been doing these interviews for a long time. It's something, I think it's just made um, our communication skills that much more uh, stronger. And I'm curious to see how greatly that's going to affect when we all end up do going back and are in person. I think we kind of have this built up not excitement, but urge to kind of connect now in a stronger, much more positive way. I totally agree. Yeah. Yeah. So where do you personally draw your inspiration from when going about any project in general? It can be something very uh, minimal or something very grand that you personally go to. Um, there really is so many places. And a lot of times the inspiration can come from the materials themselves because it is a craft, it's made on a machine, but we're still dealing with raw materials. We're still dealing with yarns and then 
trying to make them into something more valuable than they are. So a lot of it is inspiration from handcrafts and how can we... Well, I think it's important that you said that, looking at the, the materials themselves, because I just kind of realized to myself, why would you try and make something that it's not, but instead try and study it, studying it further and looking at it and kind of digesting it that way, I think is a very much more true to the product itself. Yeah, in so all it's, sense of the word. it's not so much that you're trying to fake a look. It's just yeah. that you can learn and borrow and the same principles are there. It's just that rather than doing it by hand, you're doing it by machine. So rather than all those interesting things, the nuances that might ha happen when you're doing it by hand, if you put it on a machine, it's going to be much more uniform. But how can you make that interesting? And then how can you, again, make those raw materials more valuable and then meet a need and um, bring really brings a light to your customers. So as far as inspiration, a lot of it comes from the materials. And then a lot of it can come from anywhere, just like any designer. I mean, it could be something that you see in a magazine. It could be something you're thinking when you're taking a walk. And um, mm -hmm. then as you get more and more experience, you kind of learn your style and you learn what inspiration works for you and what translates well into carpet. And then another thing is that we all also work with collaborators a lot. So sometimes we're helping them execute their inspiration. So, I mean, there's really such a range and such a spectrum and every project is different. Absolutely right. Do you kind of stay on top of trends? Or are you one to really look at what's happening now? Just are you concerned about like what, yeah, all the trends are. I was just curious if you're up to date as far as that. And that's what kind of helps you in some terms. I would say... That could be like a long answer. The short answer is yes. I pop of trends all the time. That's a very important mm -hmm. my job. But then there's just so much nuance to that because I get the most value from trends that I can apply and from those trends that bring value to the, our customers. So that's a whole sub-skill set in following trends. So there's kind of these overall macro trends and then boil down and there's more and more micro trends. And so I pay attention to all of it. I think culture in general is fascinating and I just love it. But then in terms of like how I apply it, I'm most listening to those cues that I can actually apply. And then partly with trends, hand in hand are the feedback I get from customers, which is also a trend, a type of trend. And so it's always a back and forth. And it's just a lot of listening and a lot of observation. And what I find is that sometimes I'm very hyper-focused on trends and sometimes I'm just listening and taking things in. But what I have found is that if you're listening, you can really trust your intuition. And we're all a part of this world and we're all taking in media. And that's kind of how a trend happens, that we're all kind of moving in the same direction. So often if you get a source of inspiration as a product designer, there's a good chance other people are having very similar inspiration. So I'd say it's a very complex process. And the short answer is yes, I, I pay attention to trends all the time. Right. And it's kind of like, how can you make that trend your own now or give it your own twist to kind of well, apply it? Exactly. Because as a product designer, we're trying to create something new. And what we hope to do is give our customers 
something that they didn't even know they wanted, but once they see it, they're like, oh yeah, that's exactly what I wanted. So, I mean, that's really what you want to be. So taking in trends, but you're trying to also apply your filters in a way that will really resonate with people and bring delight to other people. That's a really good um, thing to know, I think, is also the feedback is listening to that, having that open mind and listening to the comments or the feedback of what you put out there and how to make the next product better. That's one of my favorite parts because um, people will give you so many clues about what they need, what they want, what they would respond to. And I really find that psychology super fascinating and it's super relevant to what I'm trying to do in my work. So that's one thing that I enjoy the most and that helps me the most. Awesome. Um, can you tell me a little bit about one of your favorite projects that you've done? Why? Um, <laughs> one of my favorite projects was we launched a green build last year and we did it in collaboration with Jason McClellan. Oh. And um, he is a pioneer in the sustainability um, movements. Mm-hmm. He's an amazing writer. He's um, super interesting. And this was the second collaboration Mohawk has done with him. And the first one was Lycan. That's, if not the most popular, one of the most popular products that Mohawk Group has done. Um, And we did a second round with him called the Apples Collection. A couple years ago, we had a great amount of success with our collaboration with Mohawk on the Lycan Collection. And the idea there was to be inspired by natural systems and use the beauty of nature to bring people into a world, even in the interior space, that reminded them of being outdoors. And I think that collection was very successful. When Mohawk approached me again to do the next sequel, if you will, in spirit, but very different, we had to think about what could it be to have that same impact of drawing people into nature. You know, birds are such an indicator of our environmental footprint on the world, and so we like that idea. Um, And then we started really digging deeper, and they came to us even with a more specific topic of the owls. Um, And we started looking at all the imagery and reading about all the different species and types of owls to really interpret the the textures and the patterns um, has been just a a delight and a really nice collaborative effort with, you know, a very diverse group of people um, coming together to make a really amazing product. If you're trying to create a design that works aesthetically but also works on a deep psychological level, in our opinion, then you have to find this balance between the abstraction and the, and the literal manifestation. And that's what we're trying to do. And the way you do that, whether it's lichen or whether it's owls or something else, is you find the essence of the thing in question. And that's a tough thing to get at because it's, there's no scientific measurement of an essence of an owl. But as a designer, that's actually the target. What is the essence of an owl? And each owl, each species is different. We just wanted to find out what is unique about each of these owls, and there's so many beautiful colorations and pattern elements and motifs in these owls. And we just tried to find the boundary of what's too novelty and like what is that sweet spot that's going to really draw you in and make you feel a connection with these owls, but still have a lot of beautiful application for a commercial interior. 
So the great gray owl is a really handsome bird. He has beautiful gray feathers. And what we wanted to capture in this bird is the soft vertical feathers. Just really creates a very usable pattern. And the great horned owl is neat because this bird is found all over North America. And this is another bird that is great for transitional spaces. So now the western screech owl, and investigating this owl, we took a little bit of a different path where we really focused on the cross-hatching nature found around his face, and that creates a beautiful transitional carpet that you can use really anywhere. It's so usable in a commercial interior. The eastern screech, we actually did a lot of investigation on this owl because this owl has one of the widest ranges of coloration and patterning. So we zoomed in on some of the softer elements in this owl where the snowy owl had, brings the drama. This owl brings a little more softness. And the snowy owl, we just love this bird because he's really the owl in the collection that brings the drama and the impact. To accomplish this, we're actually introducing a brand new yarn, the snow white yarn into the collection that we're very excited about. So he's the handsome drama bird with the high contrast coloration. The owl collection is one of our latest introductions from our Glasgow, Virginia plant that has achieved a living site designation. It means that we are creating a product that is giving back to the world um, and creating a larger handprint than footprint. Everything that we're putting out on our tile backing is living product certified. So we've upped our game as far as our water savings, our energy savings, our give back. Just having that platform has been so exciting and having a partner like the McLennan Design Group to work with us on a beautiful new inspirational face of our carpet tile makes it even more exciting. And what's funny, it was such a simple idea. It was, um, we started with ideas of birds and plumage and settled on this idea of owls. And it's such a simple idea, and it was actually hard in a way to execute because, you know, an owl's patterning is camouflage, and camouflage is not typically a, part, a pattern that people want all over their floor. But um, we just did a lot of studies and a lot of trial and error and uh, um, working as a team, um, came up with a lot of really interesting textures. And what was funny is um, it really just, brought, there's a lot of things we did differently in this collection. And it really just brought a smile to people's faces. They like really got it. And I didn't realize how much owls really resonate with people. And I, um, one of my team members would just be out and about and would see all kinds of people that have actually owl tattoos. And, and going through this process, you realize owls are really such a part of like culture and they're in children's stories and um, they're in movies, like they're kind right. of beacons of wisdom. So it was funny. It's just a simple idea, but it really deeply resonated with people. And I get like the most compliments on that collection and it brings a smile to people's faces. Wow. I think it's, it's that, you know, it's that reward of what you put into it. Although those hard work and those hours, you really, you kind of, you got that um, satisfaction of seeing those and hearing those feedbacks, I bet. Yes. And then, so you were asking me different things related to our process. So what was interesting is we introduced a, a new machine um, that we actually didn't even have on site for sampling. So I went off site to do sampling and um, it was kind of also an investigation on, from a technical aspect too. And so that was fun. So it was like 
kind of right brain, left brain, exploring those things and developing new textures. And it was a, a neat process all the way around. Right. I think we kind of have to study like our process after it's kind of finished. So you see what works and you realize, okay, why did that work compared to another one? So you're constantly comparing, I guess, the steps that you had taken from that project to compare it to another one. Yes. Kind of seeing. I think those, that's really great. And we don't really realize that, okay, we think that we can, we're just as designers, we just design and then design something again. But I think we're always kind of learning from ourselves, which is a really important thing to note, I think. So back to your question about like my career and how has it changed to your point? I mean, that's been the most exciting thing that you start at one place, but you learn on every project and you can bring more and more mastery to each project as you go. You can get more of that sense of flow. And so you can get the more and more skill you develop, the more and more mastery, it just becomes more and more enjoyable. And so that part of my linear process has served me well. That's great that you can look back on it now and see why. Yeah. Um, how does, I don't know if you know, but how does Mohawk personally interact with um, students? Do you know if there's any like internship programs or even competitions that are out there? Yeah, quite a lot, actually. So I personally am involved in um, speaking to a university and we have like a we call it a collab, a collaboration, where there is a design competition. And I speak, and Royce, who I know you interviewed a few, not you, but um, you, you guys interviewed a few weeks ago. Yes. Also, and so um, there is a design competition aspect, and then the winners get to go to New York and um, join us. I think it's for the BDNY show. And so that's something that I personally have been involved in. And then Durkin is our hospitality brand. They do a, a design competition. I'm not sure if it's every year, but quite often. And then there was a couple, oh, our Light Lab studio that you may have heard of. It was um, part of how we first got introduced to the living building challenge. It was okay. built under, with that framework. And so we collaborated with SCAD and um, some of the students there had a comp we had a competition with the students there to design our light lab studio. So they were actually involved in the studio I work in every day. Wow. And then we also have a program called the Aspire program. And it's really a super neat program that after people have graduated, um, they can come in. I'm going to butcher this a little bit, but they can come in in this kind of specialized program where they're able to rotate around our business, kind of see different things that they like and then find their path that way. And so I actually have someone on my team that has been part of that Aspire program and it's a neat, it's neat. So it's not just within college, but even after you graduate. That is a really unique um, opportunity, I feel like, because again, that's what we're kind of stressing here at a student's perspective is like giving those students those opportunities to kind of find their way because they really don't know what's out there, I think. They don't really tell you in design school of what all the jobs are out there. You don't need to be sitting at a nine to five desk job all day. You can be a sales rep. You can be a you can be a textile designer. You can work for Nike. It's like real, the doors and the opportunities are endless. And the fact that Mohawk would be giving those opportunities for them to experience is 
on top of another great experience. That's awesome. Um, I have another question. If you could speak to yourself as a student, what advice would you give yourself now? Well, <laughs> that could be time. There's a lot of things I would say, but um, I think what I would say is um, in design, design almost to be super successful, it really incorporates like everything. And so in school, a lot of times we focus on developing our talents for aesthetics and just, you know, literally design. But when you start a career, a lot of times it really has a lot more to do with a lot of those business skills that you might learn in another major. And it has to do with psychology. It has to do with execution. So it's almost like to be really successful, you almost need this whole other degree, except that um, no one can teach you that. So it's thing, it's those things you learn on the job and that, that experience, that one-on-one -on -one in the you know, physical experience that I think is irreplaceable. Yeah. And there's so much nuance, even to the most mundane things you have to do. There's nuance to being successful in a meeting. There's nuance to, you know, talking like we are now. And every time you have to talk to someone like a customer or, um, your boss or someone who is executing your designs right. there, there's a technique and nuance to all of that. And so I think what I've noticed sometimes in myself and then also in other designers, a lot of times we want to focus on the design and that's, that's why we went into design. We want to design, but really in terms of a career, a lot of those other skills are mm -hmm. equally as important and will also help your designs be more successful. Right. That's, those are, that's really great. I think talking about those little achievements that can kind of, that make that bigger impact on you, I think is something very important. That's what I got from you just now is taking, how can you make just that, even just little meeting, how can you make that make your whole day important? Because it's those little things that we do that kind of make that bigger impact. So thank you so much. This has been a great talk. Um, before we go, I would like you to share um, how the people watching can reach you, either an Instagram handle or a website for Mohawk. The best place to see my work is, yeah, on the Mohawk Group Instagram or on the Mohawk Group website. Awesome. Thank you so much, Jeanette. This has been a pleasure. Thank you. Bye. It's been a <laughs> this has been great. This has been another episode of A Student's Perspective. Thank you, guys. <laughs> we hope you liked this discussion with the design industry from a student's perspective. Please like, share, and comment, and stay tuned for more inspiring conversations to come.